Welcome back to Bold and Beautiful Movie Talks, the podcast where we talk about movies in a bold nor beautiful fashion. Are you British? I am. For one or two words. Um, Andrew, can you please grace the audience with the name of the movie that we are reviewing today? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Classic, an instant classic, Quentin Tarantino film. This is his ninth film of his notorious ten that he said he's going to be directing before he... I really think he's going to call it quit. He doesn't know. But that was what he's been saying for years. And then mm. in an interview, he was like, well, I can just leave it as 10 and then, like, come back later, you know. But he also says, I've always loved the idea of just having 10 and then, you know, saying bye. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, cool. each one's epic and super, like, dramatic. So, you know, if he makes 20, I'll well, he, know. He puts a lot into his films, so. For sure. All right, Andrew, roll uh, roll that intro music for us. All right. So, real quick, the synopsis of the movie is a faded television actor and his stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the film industry, sorry, during the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah, so I couldn't have said it better myself if I did not already. Um, Yeah, so real quick, what were your your expectations and feelings towards Mm. going into seeing the movie? I mean, Brad Pitt Pitt and uh, Leo is a good duo. duo, the, The actor is Leonardo DiCaprio. He's the one that's trying to make it bigger is right he's is the big. actor and then his stunt double is brad pitt very old brad pitt yeah, yeah. still um, got that six back though he still did got it he he did in there yeah i don't know yeah and then oh, something i didn't notice all right uh <laughs> if you need some eye candy 16 stunning man oh he's probably not 60 yet but so going Angelina into Jolie helped with the aging process. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> going into it, I, I don't know. I, I, I have mixed feelings about Tarantino, Tarantino's films. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to it, but I didn't really know what to expect. Sure. Um, and then I liked it, so it was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But especially I, the <laughs> ending that was very crazy. Yeah. And we could get to that later, but yeah. Well, again. Tarantino is notorious for having a violent ending, which is kind of why for Pulp Fiction, if you've seen Pulp Fiction, it's the opposite of a violent ending. You're expecting this huge violent ending, and then it doesn't happen. The opposite happens. Mm, I think it's fun. Yeah. Whereas like um, Inglorious Bastards is just like violent ending, like, and then Django violent ending, you know that kind of stuff. Kill Bill. Um, <clears throat> so for this one, um, it definitely plays back into the classic Tarantino, you know that kind of style. So for me going into it, I was really excited. Again, I love Brad Pitt. I love Leo. So the fact that they were doing it together, super stoked on that. Um, and then just, I think the concept is cool. You know, an actor and then stunt double trying to make it. That's kind of sound, sounds kind of cool, especially knowing that Quintero Dino was directing just because he's so, he's so dynamic and he's such a crazy storyteller that like, you know, you're going to be in this huge timeline of emotion. You know, I love how he, he messes with time and, how he tells a story, it's like we start from here, start from here, start from here, and they connect it here, blah blah blah. So and it's very dialogue based a lot of the time. For sure. And Glorious Bastards is like hugely dialogue based. Long scenes, but it's just so well so well shot, so well done. So yeah. 
So yeah, I thought that was really great. All right, so what would you give uh, this movie right off the bat? Uh, it's kind of slow, but a lot of good actors and actresses. It was really cool to learn about the whole Manson family and the murders. Well, his take on that. His, his not take his on take, it. Well, his I didn't really know. Liberty. I didn't really know. I didn't know going into it that's what there was. That was going to be a good focus was yeah. going to be on that. Um, so I was actually cool to learn some history. So I'll give it a. I'll give it an eight. Yeah, nice. run an eight. Yeah, give it a B. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it like a nine. Yeah. Like a, a pretty yeah. high nine. Because I really love when there's conversations that can keep you captivated, you know, and like, like it's funny and then it's It was creative. really funny. It was really funny. And I love how it plays with like, um, with like the Hollywood industry, mm-hmm. you know, kind of reveals kind of stuff. And um, I think it's cool. It kind of gives you like a little bit of an insight and kind of shows you how dangerous it can be. And it kind of shows you just like how, um, I heard, I heard this really creative, this really cool thought process on mega superstars. When you, when you retire from whatever it is that makes you a superstar, letting go of all that fame must be super hard. Obviously I'm sure they, you know, they hate getting approached every day, a million times a day, whatever, Mm -hmm. but knowing that they're like at the top and then, retiring from from what took them there like that must be a hard transition to not be on top because i'm sure you just you're so used to when you want it kind of uh losing your purpose in life right which which is depressed or something yeah which is what leo's character really goes through he's like cool i'm this washed up old time actor yeah you know, like, I need that. I need to get back in there again. He's I can't, trying, I'm not done yet. He's trying so hard to stay relevant. Yeah, yeah. That it kind of ruins him in the end. For know? sure. And Well, it ruins him because he ends up. I mean, you know, he gets a wife. He and, makes it. You know. Again. Yeah. Right? He does fairly well. But then again, <laughs> you know, I guess it's the price you pay working for Hollywood, you know. And then, you know, Brad Pitt is his stunt double, but then Brad Pitt doesn't get any work, which... You but know, he doesn't so really care, driver. which is fun. I he love, doesn't I love care. That, I love that emotional contrast. Leonardo it's cares so, so much. much. You know. Brad Pitt's like, hey, man. Whatever. Got work? All yeah. right, cool. No? All right, no He's worries, fine man. being in his trailer. He giving is. Giving his dog dog food. It's and, so uh, funny. Yeah, real quick, just on that note, I love how when people spend time intentionally on little details and make it interesting. I hate when people just like do a close up of opening a bag of chips just for the sake of it. Like I love when you kind of have a creative like vision of something as simple as giving him dog food, showing how trained the dog is, right? Which comes full circle in the end when he's able to obey everything completely. So that that was really cool. So you kind of set the tone on that dynamic between him and the dog. Just by him giving dog food and, you know, how he talks to him and all kind of stuff. So that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that whole dynamic, I loved. So, going into the film, I knew that that would be strong. And watching interviews, Brad Pitt and Leah were both like, yeah, I mean, like, um, him and I fit together, you know, like, very smoothly. You know, we're both seasoned actors. And, you know, it was a very smooth kind of thing. So, <laughs> I was really excited for that. And it really delivered. Their whole dynamic was kind of cool. Just seeing those huge blockbuster actors together for almost the whole movie was really fun to see. You know, 
And in this one, it, it, it felt like it worked because they're both good actors, you know. You know, sometimes you can put blockbuster actors in there right. and they're like not like, they might not work. <laughs> <laughs> they might not work well together. And right. They, they work well together. I'm not quite sure what movies they've both been in. but um, Well, this is their first time being together in film. I saw that in, a, in an interview. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So that, that's why they were saying they, they, when they approached the film, it just worked so smoothly because they're both seasoned actors and stuff. So all, every interview that I saw, the, the question leader, whatever, was asking, or the interviewer was asking them, you know, how was it working with each other? And they kept saying, yeah, it was just really smooth. And, you know, yeah. that's kind of you would expect in this part. But, you know, that makes sense. So uh, real quick, let's come to the actors. So we have... Those two, we have, we have Leo, who plays uh, Rick Dalton. He <laughs> yeah. does a lot of westerns, and he's that's the such one a good name to too. Rick, Rick Dalton, Dalton for like an actor, maybe. Yeah, and especially since he's a, like a. He, they said he's the um, he's the heavy, which I actually thought this was really cool because I learned a lot of kind of Hollywood terms. Cool. So he's he's the heavy, so he's the villain that ends up dying in the end. Uh-huh. In all the stuff he's in. So yeah. he's never a lead. He's always the villain that's the heavy that dies. That yeah. makes the lead look good. Uh-huh. And that bothers him. Um, well, I don't think it bothers him until someone points it out. Until right? someone points it out. Like, are you always going to be this? Which right. Al Pacino uh-huh. is in the movie. Yeah. And he's the one that approaches him and tells him. He's a producer and he tells him, are you going to always be the heavy? Or do you want right. to be a lead? Like, do you want to make something of yourself? Or do you want to yeah. continue doing these side things that are not making you faint better? giving you some fame but not really what you would want yeah you know um so he's in this he's a producer and then you know brad pitt is his um stunt double double, and then margot robbie margot robbie margot oh the team i keep doing that (laughs) she plays sharon tate Mm -hmm. in here and she's like suicide squad i tanya and all that it's really those main three. You have yeah. people who have done other There's stuff. There's uh, Emil Hersich. <laughs> yeah. He's in Girl Next Door, Into the Wild. He plays uh, Jay Sebring. Yeah. Um, which is one of Sharon Tate's friends, the hairdresser. And then there's Timothy Oliphant. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he's really cool. I don't. He's in a lot of things. I remember from I Am Number 4. Really? Um, that's how you know him He's by? in Santa Clara Diet. Goodness. Dark Knight, he's in Dark Knight. Well, he's the villain, Live Fear, Die Hard. I thought he was a really cool villain yeah, in that. He's in a lot of stuff. He's also in The Office. Well, he has his full he plays... show, Justified. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Like... Oh, yeah, he's, he's in The so Office, bad. huh? He's in The Office. He plays Pam's uh, ex? Danny Corday. No, not an ex. He's the guy that turned down Pam because Pam was too boring. Oh. Well, and he's oh, the oh, traveling, gosh. He Michael hires him as a tra- traveling too much, salesman. Too much backstory. I love The Office. I know. Uh, I've seen it nine times. Huh. I have no life. Um, yeah so then you have him he he's in the wet so that's kind of plays like the shots in the showing hollywood he plays in the scene where rick dalton which is leo yeah they're in a western together yeah and rick is playing the heavy again yeah and timothy oliphant is the other actor and they bring the camera around to the left it's really cool that they show the shots that yeah, they're shooting that was super like they're both cool. at a table and they bring the camera around like on a half like a half 180 from one character to the other, and it was so cool because you felt like you were there. And then they break the fourth wall, kind of. Well, no, they break like, the third wall. 
like it's all it's kind of hard, right? Because then he's like, oh, like cut, and then line, blah blah blah. Because Leo forgets his line, and then they they redo that scene like three times. I thought that was so cool. I think they showed that. I thought that was really that, fun. That was a cool song. Dakota Fanning's in this. Yeah, that's right. Which I didn't know that, but she was yeah, the... Huge cast. It's crazy. She really? was in the... She was squeaky. She was the one that was having sex with the old guy. Yeah. She was part of Manson's family. Uh, there's a guy named Austin Butler. I think he's... Someone... He's going to be the new Elvis movie, but he's oh. kind of popular. I don't know. He's been in the, the Arrow, the Carrie Diaries. Okay, so he's in it? Yeah. And then he plays Tex. He's the one that's oh, on that's the horse. It? He's yeah. the one that's on the horse. Uh, that and then there's there's some other ones, but they're not too big. I mean, Al Pacino. Right. You know, there's a guy named Damian Lewis who's oh, in, real quick, the guy who plays Steve McQueen. He plays Steve McQueen. Damian Lewis is in Band of Brothers. Okay, good. Okay, the guy who plays Bruce Lee. Heard this really cool thing that Tarantino was saying. Um, so that was hilarious. I love that. I know. So apparently, the guy who plays Bruce Lee in the movie. He was, he's been trying to be an actor. He was a failed actor for like his, for most of his whole life. And so then he was moving back to whatever his home state was to give up on acting. And then he gets this call. Mike Mo. Okay, Mike Mo. And he gets this call offering him basically like the role or whatever. And then Tarantino never told him who was in the cast. So he was saying that Mike Mo, when he was just like chilling um, for, for the, the open reading or the first read or whatever, cold read. Um, as he's seeing all these heavy hitter actors in it coming in the door, it's just blowing his mind. So I don't Perry. Yeah. So he's not crazy. Like as a, and this is like his first big gig, you know, and his first big gig is he sees Al Pacino walk through the door. He sees Brad Pitt. He sees Leonardo DiCaprio. Kurt Kurt Russell's in this. Kurt Russell. Like he was just saying his mind was being blown just because he saw all these huge heavy hitters come in. So I thought that was really cool. So that was kind of a little like, you know, don't give up on your dreams kind of thing. Or give up on your dreams, and then you'll get your dream. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. Big well, cast. It all worked. It all worked out. Yeah, um, they all played their role very well. I just, you never, I didn't really remember, or it makes you remember, like, Leo and Brad Pitt are su- such good actors, yeah. and especially together. Um, and then everybody else is just, like, adding to that duo. For sure. So... And yeah, so did you want to get into your best scene? Sure, man. So my favorite scene was that which which we might if we're gonna spoil the end. Oh, thank you. Yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. Okay, for the end for or every, for well, for we do that every movie. That's fine. So, yeah. um, so my favorite scene was the flash. Well, no, no, is the uh, the the daydreaming that Brad Pitt does when he beats up Bruce Lee. Oh yeah, that's I funny. love because it was told in a way where like you think it's real life. I thought and it really then, happened. Right. And then yeah. it takes you out and then shows his, you realize yeah, that he was daydreaming. I thought that was so well written. It was so Threw him against the car. And yeah. it's, and it's, it's, it was a really great writing. It was, yeah, it was great writing because Tarantino wrote it in the way that he has a conversation with Kurt Russell first. And then he has this dramatic kind of little fight with Bruce Lee. And then he gets fired from Kurt Russell. So he involved this whole like little four or five minute dialogue scene with Kurt Russell before the Bruce Lee thing, and all that was it was daydreaming. So he did that so that way it made you think it was real life, you know. Like he really invested that like to make you think that this was real life, and then he takes you out like no, this is daydreaming. And then I thought that was really fun. So, so that was my favorite scene. What was your favorite scene? Mm. <laughs> 
it would probably be the ending. Yeah. Because uh, I felt like the whole movie was a little bit dragging up until the end. And then even your brother told me he was all like, I was wondering like, what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, when, and then the ending happened. And, like, you know, Brad Pitt had, you know, everybody kill everybody. And he was super high and his dog was ripping people to shreds yeah. and then leo comes out of the shed with the flamethrower and burns someone in the pool it's just iconic just thing so man. much going on and i actually found out in, in the tate murders so now they change it yeah um i was seeing how they killed them yeah which they're supposed to kill them one of them actually does go out to the pool so i think that's interesting mm, that's cool. i think tarantino might be flipping it where instead of them killing um Manson's family killing the celebrities. The celebrities are killing Manson's family. Yeah, um, which is which is cool um, because Tarantino has this this habit and this trend of rewriting history. Um, so in Inglorious Bastards, they destroy Hitler. They murder him. They, okay. they I haven't face. seen yeah, it. Yeah, so but... well, spoiler alert. Take that. Um, but he has this habit of of rewriting history in a really fun way. You know, so that was really cool. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for him to kind of. They take that twist on it, but yeah, I mean that ending sequence is just—it delivers, man. He's known to just be super violent, super gory, and like it lives up to that. <laughs> you know, like it totally does, and it's, it comes it comes out of you from from like left field because at first you think they're all gonna die, like how the heck can they get out of this? And then Brad Pitt summons his dog, and yeah, you know, it's crazy things we'll, happen. We'll get more into that later, but yeah, that that was my favorite scene. Just because there's so much action going on, it was very unexpected. Yeah. And I think I think it was done really well and very, like, random, but right. I liked it. Yeah. Maybe just because I'm a guy. Well, that's know, Tarantino, but... though. If you've seen his other films, it's so him. As I was watching this movie, it was like, this is so Tarantino. Uh-huh. You know, like, I've seen Pulp Fiction, I've seen Glorious Bastards. Reservoir um, Dogs. Yeah. Like, after you see those movies, like Pulp Fiction... You're like, oh, this makes sense. Like that's why, like, from start to finish, it was like it delivered. Like I expected there to be just long dialogues, which in Glorious Bastards they kind of, they kind of string them along a little too long for me. But for this one, like I think it was perfect. There wasn't a scene where I was like, okay, let's go, let's get on with this. Each one was very for me. Each one was very like captivating. Very each, one, each one was important. You know, the whole long sequence with Leo, and then the child actor. That was kind of long, but it was funny. Well, there's a reason for it. That's, that's why. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in Glorious Bastards, you can do without some lines, I think. But again, it's like he really does things intentionally. He's such an intentional director. You know? Like, he doesn't just say, hey, let's film this conversation to get from A to B. Like, he really wants to milk out that, that process from A to B. Not just like, you know, not just uh, skim through it. Cool. Okay, so so briefly, let's go over music. So there aren't really, there's really much of a soundtrack to this movie. What very, I do like is that, based. yeah, like, so in, in some of the epic scenes with Rick Dahl and Leo, they use some like Western epic kind of sounding heroic kind of themes from like the movies he was with or yeah. from from the movies that he was in. So it kind of uses like those little sound bites from his Western movies yep. into into like the present tense. Scenes that he's in to kind of, you know, like maybe like the, the flamethrower scene, it kind of has this little dun, 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 almost like this Indiana Jones kind the of Indian feel. Scene. Yeah. I, if we didn't really state 
for Rick Dalton, which is Leo, is a is a does a lot of westerns. Yeah, I'm not sure if I said that already. So he does uh-huh. a lot of westerns. Well, it's like strictly western, strictly really, right? western films. That's yeah. that's where he's the heavy, where he's the villain. In, yeah, is most of the westerns. Um, yeah, so. yeah. So so music wise, it's there's not really much to cover because it's not, again. It's not really a soundtrack, really. It's not a heavy soundtrack. Yeah, it's just so it's, like some sounds and a little bit music, still like intro into things, you know. And yeah. Then on onset, they might have like music or like the piano playing at the bar type of thing. Right. But there's nothing that's like music for the people. It's very, like you said, dialogue based, and you know they turn the radio on, you hear the radio or something, but nothing. Right. It's more the yeah yeah. It's more that than more it is. like live. I don't know what the word is, but yeah. So actually, yeah, it's, it's more like in the store music, mm-hmm. not necessarily like a composer did music and it's playing it. Over which the I think if I which I don't think they need a soundtrack or anything with with this kind of movie. Right, yeah. it's as as dynamic as it is, it's hard to put a piece of music to the film because I think it would it would it would it would over clutter it. There's so much to and wine in this film. There's so much to pay attention to in his films that when you add music. I feel like that can just overclutter it, or that can just in general just clutter it, you know. Yeah. So that, that's pretty much it, you know. Which I'm, I'm very like. Hans you're Zimmer, okay. You're okay with. I am, because Hans Zimmer was saying, there's a there's there's a handful of scenes that he works on. Hans Zimmer being my my favorite composer, um, he was saying that there's a lot of scenes where like a director will say, hey, you know, what's your take on music for this scene? He'd be like, well, I don't think you need music for this. The dialogue's there. You're getting from A to B there. I don't think you need it, you know. So I think that's it's like knowing not to put music somewhere is an artistic, creative, impressive mm. decision in itself. Uh, you know. So I think yeah, I think this movie this movie kind of really is a is a, a great example for that. All right. So overall, how do you think uh, Tarantino did with the overall effect and did a good? I think a good job. It was really funny, mm-hmm. which was big big deal for me. And, yeah. Um, you know, more serious with the whole man giving you like some history on the Manson family because uh-huh. Brad Pitt uh, pick keeps seeing this girl yeah. that that he ends up picking up and then uh-huh. taking her to the farm where they're at. So um, that was interesting to see the history and stuff, and then him changing the ending of how things went at the end, which was I think a good artistic part on his end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think he did a really good job. A lot of good actors, solid script. Yeah, I think he's great at creating tension too. So the whole the whole like farm sequence, right? It's like it takes on this huge detour, which was weird. Like, wow, I don't know how you're focusing on Hollywood, and then he goes over there, and it's like a standstill. Like, right? So tense. Like, are they gonna kill him? Yeah. And then like nothing happens, basically, until it comes full circle, and the people who he kind of beat up and. That kind of stuff. Kill, come exactly. kill Rick Dalton, and he's there. Right. But, and that backfires. And it's a whole thing where he he never was an actor. He was never a hero. He was never a hero, never a main actor. But at the oh, end right, of the right. movie, which we can get into the ending right now, at the end of the movie, he becomes the hero, even though he's like high as a kite. Right. And he uses his dog, and they. So if you don't, uh, so what happens is that the they're there to kill Sharon Tate. Yeah. So I looked up the history. Well, in real life, they are. In the movie, they're not. In the movie, they were. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. No, because they're trying to kill Rick Dalton. No, 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 Brad Pitt. They, they're trying to kill Brad Pitt. They were going to kill the next door. Oh. And then Rick Dalton came out right. and yelled at them, and they decided to kill him. You're right. So they they 
were planning to kill Sharon Tate. Right. So that's where he changes it. Because in real life, they do kill Sharon right. Tate pretty gruesomely with her friends, mm-hmm. which includes the guy that's in Into the Wild. Mm-hmm. And she's pregnant, and they kill her, and they stab her um, yeah. a lot of times. I have it here. It's like 50 times. Something. I don't know. Stab her a lot. And I'm kind of lost. I just got stuck in the stabbing. Um, <laughs> stuck in the stabbing. It's kind of a pun. Yeah, okay, yeah. So so he okay, that's cool. That makes sense. Yeah, so they they're going to kill her, but they ended up trying to kill Rick Dalton, but they, they don't know. Off. And Brad Pitt leaves with the dog and comes back. Right. When he comes back, he's like, Hey, I know you guys, and it's so funny, and then he ends up killing them all. Throws like the dog can at one and or throws yeah. something at the guy's head and then you know, and everybody like kind of fights off and he then one's in the back. pool because Leo's in the pool and then someone like is burning or something yeah. like something happened to her she no, falls she she's stabbed or and then she tries to she was stabbed her. or something she's freaking out and she has a knife in her hand or shooting and then leo comes out with the flamethrower that he used in one of his um one of his movies yeah that's a problem and he burns her in the pool yeah. alive. <laughs> and for some people it would be a little much so so you know the ending would be well, a little again much. that's tarantino though tarantino has the oh he always has an uh a gruesome ending he has a too much like, how do you say that? There's always, oh yeah, like, a too much element to each of his films. There's always an excessive. element. Yeah, there's always an excessive element to his films. It's like, oh, that's a little too much, whether it's violent or whatever. So you're saying it's normal for him. Again, yeah. I think, like, me knowing him, just because I've seen, I've paid attention to, like, a number of his movies closely, like, it's a classic Tarantino film. So You're like, saying the ending makes it classic? Or kind of Everything. puts the cherry on the top of it does, the classic. Because totally. you have to have a gruesome thing in his movie. So you like the ending? Yeah, I loved it. I know the ending, if you're in the theaters and you saw this ending and people didn't expect it, everybody's like, what's going on? Yeah. What the? And then, you know, because there's, it's so quick, you know, like he kills this, like they're trying to kill him. And, you know, one of the guys said, I'm the devil. Like, who are you? He goes, I'm the devil. Like something, something. Yeah. I looked up that when they killed Sharon Tate and them, that guy said the same thing. Wow. And that guy is, is a real person. So Tex is a real person. Oh, that wow. was one of the family. There's actually a. I, that's fine. We don't have to look it up. But there are there are a lot of them that are in there that are actually real people that actually killed uh, Sharon Tate and them. Why do you think he changed it? The narrative. The I think it's killing? fun. I think the same reason why I did it for Hitler was that he just takes an event that maybe is dissatisfying such as you wish Hitler was massacred right and you wish Sharon Tate didn't get massacred like mm-hmm. it's almost like it's it's like a he's a change in the narrative right you're you changing the narrative to make it more satisfying change, wishing that he changed history and if he did change history this is the way he would do it basically yeah mm. so and the, yeah I looked up Manson and I was looking more into like the murderers and things like that he's close friends with the, the Beach Boys <laughs> I think his name is one of the Beach Boys guys, and and Manson was actually into music. That's why he was close to one of the Beach Boy guys. Because mm. and then what happened was there was a guy that was was interested in his music, and he owned that house that was Sharon Tate's. Oh, but wow. then he turned him down when he came when he came to the recording session, maybe because he saw what kind of guy he is. Turned him down, moved out, and then they decided to kill whoever was in that house. Yeah. What? And then they wrote like pig or something in blood on the house. So I was reading about the murder. So he was having them kill them, kill like the people at that house 
as a revenge if, I, if i'm understanding correctly it's as a revenge for that person it. not uh helping him with his music gotcha. and stuff like that and actually the the beach boys use one of they change one of his songs they have a he has a song and they change it so yeah a lot, well, of, evil. Note, a lot yeah. of evil and then the more you know <laughs> yeah so I, I i was really slow and then it got to the ending and um well i think I, it's slow because you you're not used to his films Maybe I like I've seen I've seen it. some of his films and I, I haven't really been too into them. I gotta watch them again. It's it's it just it's just really maybe it's too weird for me, and weird is because it's different. Um, I think you get a kick out of them from a film perspective. They're really well. Like, I mean, I've seen artistic. both fiction. I've seen Reservoir Reservoir Dogs, uh-huh. and I I had to watch those for class. You seen Django? I've seen Django as oh, well. I love Django. Um, I would have to. Re- I don't know how I feel about Remy Fox as an actor, but. Okay. I think I thought it was great in there. Oh, um, think of Spider-Man. Well, yeah, stop thinking of Electro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel bad for that. Film of his life. Yeah. So I mean, we should watch Glorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah, that's one I uh, think we do need to see because I I haven't I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah. And you said that's classic Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this film, like, I think this would have been a great like last film. So I'm excited for his tenth film whenever that comes out. So he releases a film every what, every like five years, something like that. Mm, I'm not sure. I don't really follow. Yeah, him. something like that. So yeah. I'm excited for for his last one of the ten because this you, is his is this your favorite of his films? Uh, maybe. I think what's cool about this too is that there's not really there's no sex, so it's not a family friendly scene or a movie. Uh-huh. But like, I other think it's than cool. the. Sh- certain shots are kind of sexualized, but I think that's supposed to show. That's the show. Hollywood, Hollywood, and I think Manson approached a lot of women. Like a lot of on, on his farm had a lot of women, right? You know, and and a lot of when he lived with the Beach Boy guy, it was like a, a lot of sex parties. And but like you that. never see you don't anything. see it, That's which cool, which is fine with me. But I didn't, I didn't know that was was that a big thing in a lot of his other films. Um. Or from what you see, from what I mean, Inglorious Bastards has like one two second scene. Uh-huh. We don't really even see really anything. Um, Pulp Fiction, almost. Yeah. Um, but this one there's like nothing. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was cool, and and, and I also I also searched it up before because there's like a parental rating kind of thing on every movie. Like, hey, if you're gonna see this movie, watch out for these scenes. So I looked it up, and then they mentioned. I mean, Good. They mentioned that, that, that they're filming at the Playboy house. I was like, oh, cool. yeah. Yeah, and then I looked yeah. it up and there was nothing there. And then watching the movie, like, yeah, there's nothing there. So I was like, cool. Like, you know. I hate when, you know, they just add sex. Just I mean, they, sex. they had like, Roman Polanski in there who uh, directed Rosemary's Baby, oh. uh, Steve McQueen. You know, they had all, like, the notable actors. And it was really interesting to see all the actors, like, the people play the the real time. Like, yeah. an actor playing an actor. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's really cool to see like their their personality because I know Steve McQueen, um, Harvest and Riverside talks about like um, the church Steve McQueen becoming a Christian and stuff like that. Um, okay. But yeah, it was really cool to see those actors and actresses <laughs> how they interact and how they would act in those days. So yeah, that was a fun film, man. It was a fun film. Gr- a little bit of gruesome ending, so be careful with that. <laughs> I would still give it a what did I say? Give it a new number then. I give it. What do you feel? 
Okay. I actually was going to say seven because I thought I'd rate it late, load it lower, but eight's still good. Yeah. Uh, if, if I really like a movie like Yesterday, the movie Yesterday, I give that a 10, like a solid 10. Yeah, that's, that's Huh? Yeah, that's like an eight for me. Yeah, I because it had the it romance, then. it had the music, it had... It was just well, I think beautifully done. done romance, I love the Beatles. We're start, we're start covering it. Huh? <laughs> we're doing a part two for yesterday right oh, now. Oh, yeah. We already did that. But, yeah. Okay, so that's it. So follow us on Instagram, Bold Beautiful Movie Talks. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Let us know if there's anything <laughs> you want us to, to cover. You know, yeah, that'd be great. I'll, feedback. I'll, I'll, we always I'll probably love ask around and see if anybody who, who are good like listeners are like, I really wonder how this film is and if you want to dissect it. So we're open to all movies, even yeah. if Jeremy doesn't want to see it and thinks it's trash. Or I think it's trash. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. Up for debate. Tough, we'll yeah, talk about that later. that's up for debate. Um, cool. All right, guys. So have a good one and uh, hit him with a dagger. Ta-ta for now. Ta-ta for now.